0: Hi, and welcome to The Horn, a podcast from the International Crisis Group. I'm Alan Boswell. Today on the show, I'm joined by Dr. Mohamed Farahirsi. Mohamed is a political economist and director of the Academy for Peace and Development of the Republic of Somaliland. We discuss Somaliland's recent parliamentary elections, which many see as a bright spot in this region, and Somaliland's long quest for recognition as an independent country. Thanks for joining us.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: We haven't really talked much yet about uh, Somaliland on the podcast. But, you know, last month, at the end of the month, uh, Somaliland held elections. The opposition actually won, and then the ruling party conceded defeat. And, of course, all of uh, that is, is quite remarkable right now given developments in the broader region. So w- was this a surprising outcome, Mohamed?
1: Uh, yes, it, it was a surprising uh, outcome. And, and the government did not expect that the main opposition party, Wadani, would actually get more cities than the Hulimbar, Kulmir. Also, it was surprising to the opposition. So, you know, conceding a defeat in Somaliland has not been a major problem, you know, and Somaliland has always been has had that kind of a culture so i think it was the government was planning that uh, and trying to build an image which is which is beyond party politics and they were they were actually projecting uh, you know their influence beyond party party politics lines i think you know the government was to some extent you know and willing you know to give a space for the opposition parties and that's good for check and balance because if the parliament is dominated by the government, the uh, ruling part, and the government is dominated by the ruling part, then you don't have a check and balance.
0: Interesting. Um. So, So you know, in some ways, because Somaliland's image matters so much because of its, of course, quest for, for independence, that that maybe played a factor in, in having the ruling party actually accept defeat.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it has two dimensions. Number one, it has a local in a dimension whereby, you know, in two to- in two thousand and seventeen elections, there were internal division. Some of the opposition constituencies were not actually happy with the outcome, and and there were internal frictions within within Somaliland. So I think this election, the objective of this election was to bring Somaliland back together. So that was one. That was the local dimension. The other international dimension was that now we we know that exactly what's happening with the with the neighbors of somaliland like Djibouti Ethiopia and Somalia and somaliland was trying to actually paint a new picture whereby a de facto state uh, which in accordance with the international law doesn't exist but actually has been you know, holding elections for the last 20 years now. And Somaliland actually wanted to communicate that message with the international community to justify it is a legitimate cause of statehood.
0: Now, we'll talk more about this uh, strategy from Somaliland moving ahead. First of all, though, before we move on from these recent elections, um, they took uh, 16 years to organize from the the last ones. Um, Why did it take so long?
1: I You know, there are there are structural problems and there are also political incentives where, you know, key political entities and stakeholders has always been, you know, postponing these parliamentary elections for the last, now, 15 years now. The last election was 2005. And now, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it was, you know, back then, in the last 10 years now, you know, different governments have been trying to hold, you know, these elections, but it was not successful. And that was because of the, of the political settlement of Somaliland, and but I think finally, you know, with His Excellency President Musa Bihi and the opposition is uh, the, lead, the two opposition leaders, Abdurrahman and Faisal, they have actually sacrificed too much uh, to make sure that these elections takes place, and they have succeeded, and the history actually will will remember them as a, as a, as a, the founders of Somaliland democracy.
0: Mm. And is the sort of breakthrough that they've had is this likely to then lead to more regular elections, or is it a situation where there might need to be another breakthrough next time, or does it look like the sort of the uh, the logjam, so to speak, has has at least been cleared in terms of a political settlement?
1: Uh, you know, the major problem that Somaliland is still struggling with is the post you know post conflict you know political settlement, specifically with the constitution of Somaliland. You have. Specific articles within the constitution which provide, which give his mandate to the upper house, the Gurti, to extend the mandate of the parliament and the president, and these, you know, provision is and of the of the constitution has been misused uh, by the different governments. So I think number one, there is a there is a structural problem within the, that political settlement of 1993 and 1997, and then after the constitution was adopted, what I think is that there is a structural problem. Which needs which needs a structural readjustment. and that can only be done with constitutional review, it's spearheaded by uh, by the by the key political elites in Somalia.
0: Hmm. It's interesting reflecting on that with the political process going on in, in Mogadishu right now as, as well. Um, so so quickly before we we move on, I was just struck that am I correct that there were no women elected in the in the in the parliamentary elections? Is that true?
1: Yes, it is, and this is quite unfortunate. Twenty eight. Candidates were running for both local council elections and and parliamentary, and you know and you know in cities, and only three of them for the local council, you know, elections have been elected, and and now we have zero women representation in the in the parliament, despite the fact that you know fifty you know more than fifty two percent of the voters are actually women is a major problem for somaliland in in moving in forward
0: is there any sort of recognition among the top politicians that this is a problem and it needs to change and what's what's sort of preventing there from being representation for women in uh, in, in parliament
1: one of the major problem uh, or the major constraint has always been how power is distributed and within the key political players in Somalia, and clan system, it has always been a problem. It has always been a constraint to the participation of women. But also, we can look and look at issues of finance. You know, we can look at issues of networking. We can also look at issues of transactional in politics of Somalia, whereby you know, egg exchange is done by males rather than by females. So, in that kind of a higher level, you know, political engagement. Mostly, this kind of a bargaining and, and exchange is done by male, and it's difficult for women to participate in that, you know, environment where transactional politics is actually dominating the, the entire political landscape of Somaliland. Hmm
0: that's That's really fascinating um so i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot and and go back to uh, a bit broader historical questions and looking ahead too precisely because we we actually haven't uh talked in depth yet uh, uh to our listeners about Somaliland. so I'm wondering if you could help us out you know it's been now uh thirty years uh since Somaliland declared independence uh, which is which is longer uh than it was actually um part of Somalia, at least um, consensually so. Um, for, for listeners who don't know the history, um, can you just quickly walk through, you know, how did Somaliland end up breaking away from
1: Somalia? Somalia was a, uh, was a British protectorate. And because at the time, in 1960s, there were different political ideologies, you know, playing out in, in Somali Peninsula. And Somalia at the time was divided into five different areas. You know, Djibouti, which was colonized by the French, and, and is actually dominated by Somalis, and then eastern part of Ethiopia, and eastern part of Kenya, Somalia, and Somaliland. So Pan-Somalism was a, was an ideology uh, that, that was driven by two main factors: Ethiopian expressionism and you know, and you know, Arab you know nationalism. And with these two factors, you know, Somaliland was quite you know, and, and, you know, you know, feared that you know, Ethiopia might annex you know, Somaliland and forcefully and, and one of the reasons why Somaliland joined with Somalia is because of the you know in, you know Ethiopian expressionism and and also Somalian this, you know in pursuit of getting back the land the house and Reserve area and that the British gave to the Ethiopians so Somaland because of these factors Somaland united with Somalia and to look for and try to bring the other Somalis together and to form a Somali nation state which eventually after 30 years of that union you know fall out and ended up with a with a massacre and genocide and the destruction of the property of somalan people more than uh, 50,000 people were massacred in, in 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 the major cities of somaliland and and in 1991 you know somaliland declared unilaterally that the union between somaliland and somalia you know had come to an end and so somaliland reestablished it. it is you know Colonial sovereignty and within the Somaliland territory, and since then Somaliland has been trying to convince and justify its, you know, you know, cause of statehood, uh, but has not been actually successful on that front.
0: You know, th- there's a few different explanations that I've that I've heard to sort of explain away um, Somaliland's, you know, relative success or at least, um, you know, peace compared to goes on in the rest of Somalia. I'll just go through them quickly. And then I'd like to hear your reaction. One, one is that, you know, Somaliland is, is peaceful in, in many ways compared to the Somalia project, because Somaliland is, you know, what some people would call like a single clan state, compared to some of the inter-clan politics that, that Somalia has going on. The other one that I hear is that, um, you know, that the quest for independence itself, you know, has sort of kept uh, Somalilanders together you know, as a national project in a way that it has in other places. And other people just say just sort of the fact that it isn't independent has sort of buffered it from some of the, you know, external competition uh, that you have and a lot of the, uh, the high geopolitics stakes that you have in, uh, in other countries um, that, you know, sometimes makes it difficult for leaders to step down, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just wondering, what, what do you make of those sort of arguments? Do you think they have some truth to them or are they, are they all missing something really important?
1: I think uh, with the first one, uh, and I don't, I don't think you know, you know, there is a one Somalian, is just one is dominated by one clan. You know, if you look at, you know, what what you can see is that most of the clans who inhabit in Somalia are also the clans who inhabit in Djibouti and in Somalia. You know, with clan composition, I don't think you know you have the Sare, although they are the majority, but at the same time you have the Bursi, you have Isa, who also you know, inhabitants in Djibouti, you have Harti, you know, with who also have inhabitants in Ethiopia, as well as in Somalia. And, and then you have other clans, other, other clans, major clans. So I think, you know, those analyses are actually, uh, and, you, know, you know, it's a quite misleading. And with the second one, one of the, you know, it's, it's a fact, one of the things that has always been, you know, holding Somalian people together is because of the cost. Of Somaliland, that Somaliland should be independent and it should be recognized by the international community, and one day it should has that kind of international legitimacy to represent the people of Somaliland world stage. You know that project, you know, has always been you know holding Somaliland together. It is a, a national kind of a clue for Somaliland people. So I think I agree that kind of analysis with with with, with I, I totally agree with that, and 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 finally, Somaliland is actually. Uh, and and remains a more stable than not only Somalia, you know people are always comparing Somaliland with Somalia, and and but I think uh, with the rest of the you know, of the Horn of Africa, mostly the igad member states. My my argument is, has always been that you know Somaliland is the most stable democratic country in igad member states, and uh, except Kenya, it is lower down the image of Somaliland when you compare. Somaliland with Somalia. At the end of the day, you know, the Somali you know, Somaliland would like to see a more stable and democratic Somalia. So then, you know, issues of regional integration and economic integration can be discussed and talked about.
0: You know, there's been a number of attempts at having Somalia and Somaliland dialogue about the relationship. I think part of that is that in many ways, the, uh, the international system, or at least how the international community has chosen to respond to Somaliland's claim is to, is to in some ways, give Mogadishu a sort of veto over the recognition of Somaliland. Um, so, so this has led to, you know, dialogue between Mogadishu and Hargesa, including last year. Um, what's your sense of that dialogue? Is it, is it ever um, likely to make much progress? Um, is it a dead end or, or is it something that, that needs to be keep being pursued?
1: I think it is it is a dead end, and, in, and it had started back in 2012 with the conference in London, and, and there has not, and there has not been any you know protective outcome of this dialogue for the last 12 years now. So I think, uh, and it is it is a dead end, and one of the reasons why it has not been successful is because of the lack of the political continuity in South Central in Somalia, and. And the lack of actually uh, of a motor obje- of the broader objective of having of settling in you know, a Somali and Somalia issue what is for all, you know, and for Somalia, you know, the you know Somalia is you not know, a priority. And they have a lot of other priorities and issues of security in and combating against Al Shabaab and radicalism and issues of you know and um, and other 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 major issues. So, so Somalia is not a priority, but for Somaliland, recognition is a top priority. So I think, and in 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 that is that is one. You know, the objective has always been has not always always been the same. And how Somalia played out, and with this kind of dialogue, was to just keep Somaliland on the radar. You know, make sure that the international community doesn't actually have a direct access. And, and contact with Somaliland. so it has been this kind of a dialogue, you know, has been unproductive. And I think if, thing, if things has to be has to change, then I think the rules of the game has to change. The negotiation is, the structure has to change. The mediators have to change, and there has to be some sort of an internationally uh, and, and, and mediated process where the outcome of that process is you know actually you know respected by the key bodies and. And Somalia has not been respecting the outcome of these, you know, of these uh, negotiations and, and agreements. There has been a lot of agreements signed by both parties, and none of that agreements have been actually, you know, and uh, implemented. And and most of them actually has been has not been implemented by Somalia, like the airspace agreement, uh, which gives Somalia and Somalia equal share in terms of airspace management. And so I think without having an international, you know, commitment. Whereby the international community sees the Somalia, Som, Somalia and Somali issue as an important issue for the regional stability and security of Horn of Africa. I don't think this, you know, this talk is going to you know, bear fruit is, and it's, go, it's not going to actually put to an end and for this you know, decades long you know, an, an issue between Somalia and Somalia.
0: Do you think in some sense that the Somaliland project and Somaliland issue is sort of held hostage by, you know, the political instability in in South Central Somalia and uh, with the Mogadishu government and that some ways sort of the, the lack of a very uh, stable uh, negotiating partner with Mogadishu and also and also maybe some of the risks that people sometimes throw out, such as if Somaliland, if Mogadishu accepted Somaliland's independence, then, you know, Puntland might also ask for independence Uh of those natured. I mean, do you think that's, you know, that's basically part of the bind that Somaliland's found itself in is just is just the the lack of stability in Somaliland? I
1: uh, I think that's one of that's one of the factors and but I, I don't think Somalia is in a position to object to independence. But I think you know, you have a government which is just an international project and being supported by international donors, being given actually a lot of billions of dollars and to maintain its security, you have the largest African peacekeepers in, in, in Somalia. And 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 I think that kind of, you know, the recognition of of the government of Somalia in 2012 has, has actually changed the entire status, the entire relationship between Somalia and Somalia. And and I don't think you know the issue of Somaliland is lies in Mogadishu. It has always been the international community has always been reiterating and saying that you know, Somalia and Somalia should find a, you know, a way to solve their problems. But I think starting with that, that is the major problem. Somalia and Somalia will never find for themselves a solution that will put an end this decades-long inactive conflict. But I think international community, specifically in the Western world, who are more involved in the Somali politics, should find a way to solve this problem. It is not a, an issue between Somalia and Somalia. I think it is an international agenda which actually doesn't want somaliland to, uh, to get international recognition. I think that's the major problem. somaliland has to find a way to convince the international community that recognizing Somaliland is not going to open a Pandora Bogos and for other Somali member states. Switzerland will never seek and, and, and declare a unilateral independence from the rest of Somalia. And so, as other other member federal member states of of Somalia, so I don't. Yeah. And Somalia has a separate history um, of statehood. Um, when you compare, you know, um, with Somalia, you know, and and so, and this is what Somaliland has always pushing that, you know, we have a different colonial historical, you know, you know evolution. I, I don't see a major risk recognizing Somaliland. And not recognizing Somaliland is a major risk for the regional stability and security of the Horn of Africa. So, Berlin is the only left, you know, case in the Horn which actually needs attention of the international community, and it it can be exploited by regional powers as well as international powers, and it could be a hotspot, and for the coming uh, new world order and and regional rivalries and and the influence or the growing influence of the Arab and Gulf countries and Turkey. And, and the Chinese as well. Look, what Chinese has already overtaken economically and as well as politically in Djibouti, and and, and actually, you know, the regional outlook and for the future of, of the Horn, I think you know the international community, specifically the West, has to find a way to put an end the Somalian you know issue.
0: Now, you started mentioning uh, some of the the regional uh, strategic issues, which I which I very much wanted to discuss with you and with a lot of our. Our listeners will be very keen on, you know, so so Somaliland's, you know, positioning is. Uh is, is quite strategic on the Red Sea um, and also just uh, on the border of Somalia and Ethiopia uh, in that area. Um, and there's obviously with all the events going on in the Horn of Africa region, that's put you know, Somaliland sort of right in the, in the thick of things. Um, how has Somaliland sort of used its foreign relations to, to, to really sort of try to advance its, its cause moving ahead? Um, and and who, who do you consider Somaliland's allies?
1: The key main allies now in Som- that Somaliland has is, is with the United Arab Emirates, and Taiwan is also a, a now a major ally, and the relationship between Somaliland and Taiwan you know, has put Somaliland in a more difficult position, whereby you know, Somaliland is trying to convince international community to get international recognition and by the major global powers, and China is a major global power. It is, China is a member of the Security Council. And I think Somalia has to has to balance that kind of a, a diplomatic relationship that it has started with Taiwan. But I think you know Somalia is trying to exploit uh, it is geo strategic value in, in a way uh, which actually increases it is economic you know uh, opportunities and which increases it is security and you know, independence and also you know which helps it is uh, its cause and for for getting international recognition.
0: And and just quickly, um, the issue of uh Somaliland recognizing Taiwan and of course uh really upsetting uh the the Chinese uh in the process, I mean I, I think that happened, you know, under the Trump administration on the US side. And what 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 was the thinking there? Because it does really raise eyebrows about where that, you know, where that puts uh Somaliland strategically.
1: You know, Somaliland is is trying to have friends. In, in, in the world stage, and I think one of the reasons Switzerland has established that diplomatic relationship with you know Taiwan was mostly more economic than more political because Taiwan is now has diplomatic relationship with less than fourteen countries in the world and I think now it depends on how that relationship, which is based on economic you know terms. Is going to be actually done. There, there has been agreements, Agreements has been signed, but some of these agreement has not been implemented. But I think with Taiwan and and actually during the Trump administration, you know, Taiwan has had a very important and still it is a strategic ally with the U.S. in South Pacific, you know, you know, Asia. And and I think with Somaliland, having uh, the only way that Somaliland can actually exploit that relationship with Taiwan is to make sure that. You know, Somalia reaches out the friends that Taiwan has in the West, and actually, and also, you know, Somalia to exploit you know the, the security support that the U.S. gives Taiwan. That and, and there is a there is a, a law passed by the Congress that, which gives actually uh, some some sort of security guarantee for those countries who have relationship with Taiwan. It, I think to some extent, Somalia has not exploited the economic potentiality that that Taiwan could offer. And, and I think it has to be the top priorities of the government to exploit that and find a way, and uh, to make sure that this relationship, you know, is is not a, a one-sided relationship. It has to be a two-sided relationship. And Somaliland should get actually the benefits, uh, or actual Somaliland should actually visit. It is a strategic, you know, uh, relationship with Taiwan, and and that that actually means that you know I remember you know the, a large delegation from. The Chinese commun- Communist Party came and visited Surmalan, offering a uh, big projects uh, to finance infrastructure, you know, water supply, and all these things. Uh, but Somalia has declined and said that we are not in a position; we are not going to actually, you know, just you know, decline and revoke the relationship that, that we, has, we, we have with Taiwan. But you know, as long as you are comfortable with Taiwan staying in Somalia, we can work with you. And the Chinese government actually uh, did not accept that, so. It is. It's a, it's a, it is. A, it is not Somalia. is not actually uh, uh, the strategic thinking is not only to have relationship with Taiwan. The strategic strategic thinking is to have actually Taiwan helping Somaliland to connect and reconnect with the Western world.
0: I'm going to wrap this up, uh, Mohammed, with a sort of you know final reflection, um, looking ahead um, on this on this big question. I mean, we talked earlier about the Somalia Somaliland. A dialogue and, and and you um suggested it's a bit of a a dead end i know how a, a number of people sort of um, from outside sort of look at somaliland as is either you know that the sort of de facto situation continues uh longer you know which is a autonomous you know de facto autonomous state um or that eventually you know somaliland accepts something that's you know that that's that's short of a full independence in negotiation with uh, uh, with Mogadishu, which which, which you've argued, uh, those negotiations are sort of the the wrong way of going about it. What what path uh, do you see moving forward, and 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 do any of those paths lead actually to independence? I'm just wondering if you can help sort of sketch out how you get around this dead end question.
1: The only compromise that's you know the Somaliland can make is actually to have initiated two state solution settlement between Somaliland and Somalia. Uh, we know that that is not acceptable to the, to Somalia, but I think with the international community recognizing the importance that Somalia has in the region, in terms of security and economic integration of the region, I think you know if the strategic alignment of the region changes and these new power regional power dynamics and global you know power competition is in the in the in the region actually increases, the chances of Somalia will also increase. So I think. that question of Somalia and Somalia political settlement cannot be renegotiated or negotiated by Somalia and Somalia alone. There has to be an internationally mediated uh, process where these kind of issues can be negotiated and agreed upon
0: Mohamed, thanks so much for coming on our podcast.
1: (laughs) And thank you thank you very much and for for inviting me.
0: Thanks for listening. The Horn is a production of the International Crisis Group. I'm Alan Boswell. I just want to mention to look out on our feed later this week, we will be posting a bonus episode uh, focused on the stunning new turn of events in the Tigray conflict, which I know many of our listeners will be quite interested in hearing. That will be cross-posted from Crisis Group's weekly global podcast, Hold Your Fire, so look out for that. This episode was produced by Mae Francis and Ida Halinabi.